This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Eric Barnes and Jack Frew. Hey, everybody. This week's episode is going to be just a little different than normal. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, I wanted to tell you about this week's sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by Dream Factory. Dream Factory is an open source REST API automation platform for mobile, Internet of Things, and web applications. Built on the Laravel framework, Dream Factory automatically creates REST APIs for SQL, NoSQL, file storage, email, and push notifications. Dream Factory offers free package installers for most major cloud services and runtime downloads for dedicated servers. Take it for a spin in their free hosted environment and see why Dream Factory is the smartest and most powerful approach to API automation. More information is available at dreamfactory.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-F-A-C-T-O-R-Y.com. Okay, so like I said before, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. So what happened here is we, we being Eric and myself, we usually get together on Friday at lunchtime and we, we call each other on Skype. Eric's in one state, I'm in another. We don't do these in the same place. And over Skype, we talk about what we're going to talk about and we go over our agenda, that kind of stuff. And then we do our little thing. Well, uh, you know, this time we got on Skype and I don't know what we we're talking about, but it was, it was one of those things that after we were done with like half of it, we were like, you know, that was, that part would have actually been probably as interesting or more interesting to our audience than the, the standard new stuff that we cover. So as it turns out, even though we hadn't intentionally recorded that, I use a software called Call Recorder for Skype. Uh, we use it as a backup. We normally record locally to give you the best quality we possibly can. But this software records uh, your call uh, on Skype, both sides of it. And uh, we have that. So we thought we would play pretty much the whole thing. I think it's going to be almost an hour long today. We'll edit out a little bit, but not too much. And uh, see if you like it. And there is some news at the end. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so uh, without any further ado, here is the recording of this week's podcast. What are your thoughts? Sounds good. I don't care. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I, 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 think I, I don't, I don't even care if we make it just a talk show. It don't matter. I, I, I don't, I don't think that people care either. <laughs> I, I think, and I think what I'm finding out about you is you are like, you are like, you are like the awesome businessman is who you are. I think, you know, <laughs> why is that? Well, I just, I like, I totally admire that you, you started your own business, right. And you did that for a while. And it sounds like you either sold it or sold out your share. Which, right, half, yeah. which is way better than going bankrupt, which is what you know what they say 90% of all small businesses do, right? So right off the bat there, dude, you're like in the top like 1% of all business people of all time, right? <laughs> and, and then the other thing I've seen you do is you you seem to have a pretty good like sense of like charging people for your time or for or for the value that you bring and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like the ads and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. and you were right. One thing you said to me, I've, I've said, I've repeated this to other people is, you know, money has a great way of keeping something interesting in the long haul. I don't know if those were right. your exact words or not, but yes. there's some truth to that, right? Like if, if you have a week where you're like, man, I'm kind of dreading this thing, but then 150 bucks shows up in your pocket. I mean, it might not be the most money in the world, but it's enough to take your kids out to dinner or something like that. Right. Like it's like, well, yeah. okay, maybe I can put up with it for another week or two and see how it goes. Right. Um, yes. For sure. Yeah. That makes, that makes a big difference to me anyway, just because there's so much stuff going on in life. You know, if there's not a, you know, I don't want to say money's first, but it, it helps. It, it sure your, does. It bring sure your does. Focus back right. to, to, uh, to doing it. Did you, and, did we uh, talk about Zig Ziglar last time? 
Do you know who he is? I, I we didn't, but I love him. So he's a motivational speaker, and I've got yes. like a bunch of his audiobooks. And uh, and one of his things, he's talking about money, and he's like, he's like, folks, you know, uh, I, I can tell you, I've both had it and not had it, and it's better to have it. You know, yes, <laughs> it's like yes. so awesome, right? But I think, and, and I think that's one of those things where, like, our society, a lot of times people play tricks on themselves and on others by, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing it for money. Well, why not, right? Uh, well, everything everything is based on money except for our weird open source open source world. That's well, and even that though, you can trace a lot of the successful stuff back to money some way, right? Yeah, Taylor, his open source stuff is free, but you know what? He's making a living off of it, right? The, mm-hmm. the popular well, even even Symphony, you know, they took funding for um, uh, what black backfire uh, or whatever their oh, yeah, the, secondary their, their stuff. Thing, yeah. Yeah. So they took VC funding for all that stuff. So, you know, that's how they got started. And then WordPress took funding eight years ago to start their hosted version. And then that's how they got the money. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, everything's driven by money. I, I mean, I think we just, th- as developers, we think that everything we use should be free. By the way, dude, I, I feel like, you know what we should do? We should totally be recording this whole call. I know. <laughs> and this should be our episode, right? So, yes. like, I want to turn on Twisted Wave right now because I don't have it running. And we'll just keep bullshitting. And that'll, this will be known as the BS episode. We'll see if people like it. Yeah, it's funny. I have no idea what goes into editing this. I just assume it's just like push it up line and you're done. Oh, don't do it. great. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. That's, that's like, um, it's kind of like building a, an app, you know? Yeah. As an end user, you just see the end results. You don't get to see all the hours crap that went into building it. Hours yes. and hours, yeah. And well, and, and I will say, like, I feel like when I grew up, uh, I really got into, like, back. So I'm I'm old enough that, like, I kind of got the tail end of what I would call high-end audio. And years ago, you couldn't go to a shopping mall. There was a stereo store everywhere, right? On the corner, mm-hmm. there was a stereo store. Like, it, that was a hobby a lot of people had was they would set up these stereos, right? Um and I loved music. I bought tons of CDs as a teenager and, and then as a young adult and all that stuff. And I had yeah, the two speaker set up and, and, and it was awesome. Right. Um, we've kind of drifted away from that as a society right now that you know, you, you're impressed now if somebody's got a nice set of headphones on their, you know, their, their iPhone. Uh, but anyway, what that kind of did to me is I've got, I don't know, I say I'm an audio snob, but I, I have high standards on the audio. So I probably spend way more time editing this podcast than like anybody would even well, first then you would even guess, but really then it's probably even necessary, right? Like I, we could probably right. just record this and publish it and be done. And people would be like, yes. yeah, you know, there'd be like three people out of thousands that'd be like, Hey, I heard some noise in the background, right? Like that'd be it. That'd be the only, well, that, that reminds me a lot of my newsletter. When I first started, I was spending, you know, hours just great. Yeah. Hours every week doing it. And then it got to a point where I was like, no, this is just not sustainable. I can't keep doing this. So then I, looked at, you know, automating it away. And then I looked at, you know, just basically saving time each week because it was just, you know, for the time invested, it was not getting a, a, a return on it. So it was like, I gotta, I gotta simplify this. And, um, but yes. And speaking of audio, um, for, well, if you come to Laracon, we need to figure out how to record like interviews with people. Oh yeah. You know, who had that stuff down was, uh, Oh, who's okay? This is just like awful. This is what I remember about this guy. Who's the guy? Does he do PHP running? He's the guy that does dancing as a, like a hobby. Max Ser- Sergey? No, it wasn't him. Um, not the breakdancer? No, it's not breakdancing. It's like ballroom dancing or something. Uh, he did an interview last Laracon and he brought with like hmm. a recorder and all these microphones. And there was like this whole roundtable discussion of like five people in the like the atrium lobby of the hotel. Oh, um, interesting. Oh wait, it's um, 
Why can't I think of his name? <laughs> is it the is PHP Roundtable? It guy? could be. What's his name? Remember? I don't know. I'll, I would know it if I seen it on Twitter. Uh, same here. Uh, uh, I would I would recognize his icon. You know his Twitter icon. Yeah, I'm gonna have to Google this here. <laughs> PHP Roundtable.com. Folks, if you're listening to this episode right now, uh, as you might have heard in the beginning, this is a little different episode than we normally do. Uh, we will cover some news, but we also kind of debated uh, when you're listening to these things, you know, are you just listening for the news? Are you listening because you work from home and it's a great way to kind of connect with other people virtually, if you will, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, Eric and I were just chatting on some stuff. And quite frankly, it's like you listen to it and we're like, hey, this is good stuff. People might like to hear this. So uh, we're going to try this. I promise you there will be some news in the episode, too. Um, OK, I've got this PHP roundtable side up, but I don't see that guy. Yeah, Sammy K. Sammy, that's Sammy. the one. Yeah, that's the PHP roundtable. Yeah, guy. Sammy. Um, yeah. yeah, so he has like, he's got like, I, I think he probably spent probably a thousand bucks on all of his gear. What? I mean, he's got like wow. a, he's got like a $600 recorder with like six inputs and he's got like microphones for every person. So, you know, even a cheap mic is 50, 60 bucks, right? Like it, it's, uh, it's a setup, but yeah, we, we should totally, uh, we should totally do that. Cause there's plenty of people we could interview for the show on the spot, right? Yes, um, that's crazy. He he's, he must be big into it. Then I, I can't imagine spending all that money on a podcasting. Gear. Well, and I think that <laughs> that's part of it for me. Is remember I was like this, this is kind of this hi fi geek. So like it, I don't think twice about like oh, there's this thing and it'll make my podcast like less noisy. I'm buying it, you know. Um, so yeah, it's probably not it's not the most um, uh, grounded decision always. But uh, so. One of the things, uh, if you're listening, that we talked about uh, offline last time, Eric and I, and I think we might have even asked, is whether you guys like these interviews and stuff. And uh, I think we had a couple people reply back that they said they, they liked them. So if uh, I'll just put an open call. If you um, have done something in Laravel and you think that you'd like people to know about it, how about you consider coming on our show and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll you know, talk to you about it and you can tell our audience about your open source, you know, whether it's an extension to Laravel or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, we would love to have you. Uh, I've got a few, um, what's the word, uh, irons in the fire, but uh, didn't have anything lined up for this week. And I'm hoping uh, hoping to get a couple of guests on that I think will be really interesting for us uh, if, if we can get uh, get that pulled off in the next weekend or two. So that'll be, that'll be neat. You got any thoughts? Right. Yeah, so first up uh, in Laravel News, uh, Matt Stauffer, Stauffer is... Uh, I, I want to get Matt on the show just so he can say his last name so I can use that as like a clip every time. Well, he, he said it. it's, you, you think of Al, like you, somebody punched you in the arm. So it's not, so it's, Stauf, it's not, it's not Stauffer, it's Stauffer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but um, at least that's the way I, I believe it is. Yeah. <laughs> if my memory is correct. But uh, he is writing a new book called Laravel Up and Running, a framework for building modern PHP apps. And uh, it's now available for pre-order up on Amazon. He's uh, writing it through O'Reilly Media. So this will be kind of the first official O'Reilly Laravel book, yeah. which is kind of exciting. It's exciting. It's also surprising. It's been a while. I, I would have expected that to be picked up a long time ago. What, as far as O'Reilly picking up Laravel? Yeah, or I think so. I mean, book? you, you right. know, like, I mean, I guess if you're on the outside, Laravel still seems kind of new. But I mean, we're on version five, right? It's it's not like it's uh, something someone just came up with yesterday. Right. Yeah. From my understanding, all these publishers, they want to make sure what what they're right, what somebody's writing is actually going to be a hit before they agree to take it on or anything That's like true, that. Yeah, it's expensive. So to I, I guess they have to wait until, you know, now that Laravel has really reached uh, critical know, mass. 
yes. So now it's time for them to to be able to actually fund all this stuff. So that's it's kind of neat, you know. It's 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 good to see that good to see that happening for sure. Uh, it, it's interesting too. I know that uh, you and I have talked before about different publishers. And I won't name any names, but I remember one publisher had a sale, and I mentioned it to you, and you were like, I don't really think their books are of that great of quality. Right? I don't know what you said, but but you know, I do think a lot of people really respect O'Reilly. Uh, and that they must have some internal process that somehow produces better quality books. Maybe they pick better authors from the beginning. Maybe they have a better uh, editing staff that you know proofreads. I'm not really sure what their formula is, but they've been in business for a really long time, and you have to respect them uh, for that and for the for the work that they've already done. Yes, yeah, they um, and and they actually, I, I know they pay better than some of the other. Well, ones. that doesn't that hurt. might have something to do with it too. Yeah. That and then having a good editor um, versus you know, just having anybody write the books and not much editing help. Yeah. So, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. Hold on. If you're watching this live, uh, Eric's turning around to, uh, to let a dog out or something. Oh no, he's going to look at a book. And I say watching it live, there is no watching this live. So don't, don't feel like you're missing anything. So, uh, O'Reilly, I actually, I just bought an O'Reilly book. It is called uh, Badass Making Users Awesome by Kathy Sierra. Have you heard of that or ever read I it? I haven't, but I've, I have to comment on something that I was able to see on the screen that, that our listeners will not be able to. Uh, Eric got up from his desk, turned around, walked across the back of his room. He has a, an actual bookcase with real paper books, and he picked up a paper book. And I think this is fantastic. I don't remember if we've talked about this on the show before, Eric, but I have really kind of like fallen back in love with paper books recently. And especially yeah. when it comes to technical manuals, uh, I found that like I just get more out of having the book in front of me, uh, being able to mark up the pages. I can find things quicker and stuff like that. So I find it actually interesting that you not only bought a book recently rather than you know just looking online or whatever, but it, you, you did the same thing. You bought a paper book. Do you want to talk about your thoughts on that? Yeah. So uh, I guess the last... Three years, I have been doing nothing but digital through the Kindle, you know, or the Kindle app or anything like that. And then it just got to a point where I was like, I am looking at the screen way too much. I was like, I'm going to do real books and just try it. So, and then, of course, one of my New Year's resolutions was to read more. So at the beginning of the year, I, I was doing all this research on read on how to read more and how to, you know, how, how to get it back into reading. So one of the t tips was like, just go buy a bunch of books. You know, if you've got... If you can spend $150, just go to Amazon, pick out $150 worth of books, buy it, and then you have plenty of stuff that you can read. Sure. So I, I did that um, at the beginning of January. And I, I said, well, I'm just going to do, I'm going to do hardback, hardcover books, unless, you know, paperback's the only one available. And um, so I did that and I've been loving it, getting away from the screen and actually reading a real physical book that's in your hand. Um, the only thing I don't like is when you're reading at night in the bed. It's oh, you, know, you need a light. Even my even my little light don't don't really shine very well. I don't know. I, that makes it. I have hard, to tell you, but. I was on an airplane ride uh, a couple weeks ago. I went down to Florida, and the, and the flight back, the guy was reading a paper book. He had his iPhone in his pocket, and you know how the iPhone now, if you swipe up, you can do the flashlight mode. So mm -hmm. he was using the little light in his iPhone as his like reading light. Um, right. It probably worked out great for him, but I was sitting like. He was in the aisle seat on the left. I was in the aisle seat on the right and one up above him. And that super bright little light was like just out of my peripheral vision to where like it was driving me nuts, right? Like I had to kind of sit to the right of my chair not to see it. Um, but it was pretty clever. But uh, you know what else? I just saw an email from uh, 
Mac people might not be familiar with this company, so let me explain this. There's a company called Asus. Uh, have you heard of them before? I don't think so. So mm-hmm. on the PC side of things, Asus is huge. They make motherboards. And back in the days before everyone switched to Mac laptops, when people used to build their own PCs, Asus was kind of the premier motherboard maker. You, you built a machine with an Asus motherboard, and it was usually pretty stable. They, uh, they make video cards. They make, uh, they make a lot of stuff. And one of the things they make is monitors. Well, they just released, uh, uh, maybe they've had these for a while. I just got an email from them talking about the quality of the monitor's internals based on your eyes and stuff like that. And they said that their monitors have these built-in filters. And I, I don't, I'm going to blank at this. It's probably not all monitors. I'm sure it's only the expensive ones. But they have these built-in filters to remove blue light. Have you heard about this blue light thing? And there's, uh, do you run that app called Flux? I yeah, did, which, yes. which removes the blue light, especially towards the end of the day from your displays and stuff like that. Um, so it was interesting because one of the things that they said in this article was about the the constant flickering of the screen and your retina constantly doing the same and kind of in response. And what they said, and I, I have no way to verify this, but I guess an LED display, LEDs generally don't have multiple levels of brightness. They're on or they're off. So when you turn the brightness down on your display, what ends up happening is it pulses the, the light on for a short period of time followed by a slightly longer you know, down period and then, and then on again. And it does this so fast that to our vision, we don't see it per se, but I think that there might be like a subconscious effect or maybe it causes some eye fatigue or whatever. You don't have any of that when you're reading a paper book, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the, the light is constant. You're, you're, you, know, you, you don't have that. Um, I don't know, Eric. No, I know Ian's a big movie buff. You're not. So uh, I, have you ever seen these projectors that people have in their, well, like in their basements or their home theaters or whatever? Uh, I've seen the old style. Like, like the three tube uh, ones? I guess. Yeah, those, I were, don't know. those were. Well, I'm thinking of like it comes out of the ceiling and it just shines, forward, shines yeah. onto a flat screen. There's, there's, a couple, there's a couple of ways of projecting in, in, in that space. And uh, one way is to use a liquid crystal screen and you, you shoot through that. Uh, but another way is called DLP. It's a Texas Instruments te- uh, technology. And what they have is they have this chip that has like little tiny mirrors that rotate back and forth. And what they can do is they can basically choose to shoot the light either off to the side where it doesn't go anywhere or they can shoot it through the lens. But it's only like it's a one colored mirror. So what they do to get color is they run it through a color wheel, which spins very fast. And they basically do the, the same thing with a DLP projector is the same thing as this brightness example that Asus just, uh, just gave. What's interesting is I have a buddy who used to have a DLP projector and he always used to complain about fatigue and headaches when he would watch this projector and then he switched out for a different one and and that all went away. So uh, anyway, probably a bit of a divergent there, but the monitor thing really has me interested as a full time, you know, I stare at my screen probably 10 hours a day and then I come home and stare at it some more. So it's probably something we should all be kind of concerned with because, you know, when you're you're young your vision's great you can read the highest resolution thing but as you start to get older um which hopefully will happen to you because it's better than the alternative um <laughs> you know this stuff i think kind of matters i also wonder too like you have uh eric do you have do you have retina displays now or do you have the regular displays on yours yeah i have the uh i have the imac 5k retina okay uh and then i have a external um just a the 27 uh, inch right so the non yeah um, right, yeah. So it's non-retina, and I just keep my chat apps over, over there, there, and then my, my main stuff. I, I wonder too. Screen. Like, does do you think the retina is easier on the eyes? I think it is a little bit. I do. I, I just, you know, for me, it's just that crispness it's, of the of the text. It's, it's so it's like paper clear. crisp, isn't it? It's a, it's, yeah. it's amazing. 
Uh, so but now one thing is is crazy. You, you mentioned that that Flux app is so at night. I, I work a lot at night, and uh, and I, I don't even realize the Flux app is on until like something happens and it like flickers. Yeah, or it, oh, totally. And it turns off totally. and, and it turns like all like, orange it, it, or it turns all bright. Yeah. It's so bright. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I agree. Uh, but, uh, one thing I should probably mention since we're talking about Flux, there are two Flux apps that I know of, and I think one of them is actually in the App Store. One of them is a web editor. There's a web editor called Flux by the escapers in uh, in England. This app is like f.lux, like lux is a measurement of light, so like that's yeah. that's the that's the one we're talking about. And what it does, it sits in your uh, menu bar and it it changes the color palette of your display like as the day goes goes on, right? So we're not we're not talking about the uh editor. Yes. Just in case there's any uh-huh. confusion on that. <laughs> so, yeah. uh people as we sit and BS about stuff, you know, send us some feedback. Uh my Twitter is at Jack Frew. Uh, Eric is at Eric L as in um, Lone Ranger uh, Barnes. We never did figure out what your middle name is. I don't think we're going to. I like Lone Ranger. I think we should I think, But Eric L Barnes, <laughs> B-A-R-N-E-S. Um, but let us know if you like this. And if you don't, then we'll, we'll, you know, if we get enough people complain about it, we'll, we'll stick strictly to the news. And if you like us chatting, we'll, we'll try to chat some more. And we definitely, uh, we already know people like the interviews. So we're going to try and line up uh, as many of those as we can. Um, and, and we'll, Go through that. Um, speaking on the news side, do you do you want to cover any of the stuff you mentioned? Matt's got this book coming out. I think that's awesome. Yeah, Matt's got I'm, the I'm book coming. Looking forward um, to it. He's by the way, you know, he's written a bunch of tutorials, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I've looked at a few of them, and they're they're you know they're they're usually pretty good. So I think I think the book will be be nice to nice to have. Yes. Um, and then next up is uh, there was a tutorial about installing Laravel Forge and uh, Cloudflare SSL. Um, Cloudflare. Have you used that before on anything? I don't think that I have. Um, we use it at work, and basically, it, it sits between the way I understand it. It sits between your server and then the visitor. You know, it's kind of an intermediary, and uh, it has the SSL, and it actually does a lot of stuff as far as keeping. Um, is it bad is it like a load balancer out. or like a cache server, or what is its what is its purpose? I'm looking at their website right now. It says, "Give us five minutes, and we'll supercharge your website." We should get them to. Uh, should get them to come on and talk about what they do. Uh, it yeah, looks it's a CDN and DDoS protection, sure, um, and and SSL and all that. Okay. So basically, basically, like if you, you know, it it actually takes a copy of your website at certain times too. Yeah. So so it'll actually make a copy of it, and then if your web server goes down, they serve their copy until it's back up, and that way it kind of prevents downtime. Sure. But I think the biggest thing is the security and the DDoS protection and the um. And the the SSL and the CDN. Yeah, stuff. I was gonna say it looks like there's a um, CDN component too, so it would would really lower the number of hits you're getting directly, shift yeah. them off to so their infrastructure. There's um, this is just a random thing. There's a lot of websites where people write tutorials and they never include their name. Um, Isn't that the thing? So, uh, so you can't actually say this 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 person created this. Um, this one's called Physical Code Blog, and uh, basically just goes through on how to install, how to get Cloudflare their SSL component set up on uh, Laravel Forge. Cool. So uh, give me one example of what, like one of our listeners might want to use something like this for, like maybe not even so much this article, because the article is obviously for if you're using Forge and Cloudflare, but what what would be a use for Cloudflare? Um, for instance, we use it at work and um, the, I'm trying to think, there was actually a big company that was getting DDoSed back 
I guess end of last year. I can't, it, I can't even remember the name. Was it, was it Linode? Oh. No, it was, it was before <laughs> Linode. And, uh, and they actually went and, and installed Cloudflare to help mitigate the DDoS. Okay. Um, so that, that is one thing. I mean, it, it has all kinds of other um, uh, attributes, but so we run it and then basically for the DDoS protection and, and for um, they, they kind of block bad air regions of the world. Oh, really? You know? Okay. So like, we're selling a commercial product. We know that somebody in some country that basically, you know, the the uh, uh, the money. Oh, uh, like like the Nigerian scammers, right? Yeah. Yes, but but even you know, so so of course you know we're, we would sell to Nigeria, but the Nigeria dollar is not nowhere close to the U.S. dollar. So for us, something that's three hundred dollars is like a million dollars to them. So yeah. you know, it kind of blocks out the bad countries as far as as far as that goes. Um, um, speaking of Nigerian right. scammers, I don't think we've ever talked about this one, but have you, have you heard about the Nigerian scammer laptop scam guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just talk about this. So first of all, if you're listening and you're not familiar with Nigeria for whatever reason, and I apologize, cause I'm sure we have a few listeners there. There seems to be a lot of scams that seem to come out of Nigeria for some reason or another. Right. Well, what happened is some guy, um, was selling his laptop and uh you know the people uh that tried to buy it appeared to be uh you know scammers and they ended up sending him like a fake email from the FBI saying that he was under investigation because he didn't ship this laptop and you know like uh they sent him fake PayPal emails that made it look like they had paid in PayPal and stuff like that so he went ahead and had his kid draw a laptop on cardboard okay and and he sent them this cardboard laptop like he actually shipped it to them and uh he did like a crowdsourcing thing to get the money to ship it because i think he ended up shipping it like next day air and the the funny thing was apparently when you ship something that's expensive at least to the country that he shipped it to there's like an import duty like they you have to pay Hmm. to get the box out so they sent him a bunch of fake emails so that he thought he was getting paid let's just say 350 for this laptop and it was one of these things that's too good to be true. I want your laptop right now. I'll pay you $500, but I need you to overnight it to me, right? Right. right? So, oh, well, I've got an extra $150. And then some poor soul goes out. They pay money out of their pocket. They overnight, and they never see any of it, right? So the funny thing is, is he said, uh, he said, yeah, it says here, uh, on the customs form, I put the value at 500 and the description said cardboard art. I'm not completely sure of this, but I think Nigerians have to pay a small percentage of the value to customs. So putting in a high price, we hopefully cost them a little money. Anyway, uh, so that's the thing. They sent him this cardboard and the Nigerian person came back and they were like, you shouldn't have done that. My boss is really angry or something like that. You know, like, um, And then because this was crowdsourced, they had like somebody go to the address that it was being sent to because there was somebody who happened to live, you know, within driving distance of that. Like, it's really interesting. So if you just uh, Google Nigerian scammer laptop, uh, it's like the first hit. Um, and it's just such a funny story. They, they show the kid with this cardboard laptop that he made and he's drawn a picture of Google and the search term in Google is Nigerian scammer. <laughs> this is awesome. So, uh, nothing to do with Laravel. Sorry about that folks. But, <laughs> but I think it's, it's, it's a bit of internet legend that uh, everyone should know. So, well, uh, speaking of not Laravel, um, I covered a, uh, new typeface did you see that one that came out last week called operator i did and i feel like the uh the feedback on that wasn't really overwhelmingly positive i i i didn't actually download it and try it myself but um 
it did have some pretty distinctive curly braces. I remember that much from it. What were your thoughts on it? I kind of liked it. Well, I like their example. Um, of course, it's a it's a commercial font, so it's like two hundred dollars yeah, to actually buy it. That's that's a lot of and, money. Uh, but you know, in their screenshot, I was like, "That's really cool. I'd, I would use that." But the problem is, is PHP Storm wouldn't support those funny the italics and stuff, oh. from my understanding. So it has to be actually a certain type of font or something for PHP Storm to interpret it. But uh, yeah, I would I would definitely use it. Um, I think it I think it looks cool. But yeah, the the feedback was like that's just the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, <laughs> but uh, every, everybody's different. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was the worst thing. I think what's great about it is that you know it's nice that people are thinking about this and that they're trying. Right? Maybe operator yeah. isn't the font for you, but it brought to the surface uh, in a lot of news media. You know, hey, maybe you should try changing out your font and see if you know you have a better experience with it. So for that. If nothing else, it was good for that. So thanks for covering that, man. That was a that was a nice it was a nice diversion yeah. of the day I read it. It was oh look at this. Yeah, looks kinda looks kinda neat. Um and other news too, kinda outside of Laravel. I don't know why. Um have you did you see the iTerm th- beta three was released? No, yesterday? I'm not an iTerm user. I use like out of the box oh. uh terminal from uh from you know OSX, but I know a lot of people love iTerm, so uh, wow. what's next I are we gonna you're, you're the only person i think i've known i know that doesn't actually use iterm folks i'm gonna tell you right now eric shamed me into using homestead <laughs> so i probably can almost guarantee by the next episode i will be running iterm just like the rest of the cool kids you know <laughs> oh that's funny but of course i i use i use a, a gui on about everything I, I go to terminal when i have to but like forget i use a gui and I'm I'm just not a big terminal fan. I, yeah, I agree. Uh, what do you use? For, so speaking of that, that might be some value to people. What do you use for your um, GUI for Git? I use actually I go back and forth. I use the GitHub for Mac, and then I use Tower. Okay. Um, and it just kind of depends on my mood for the day on which one I open up and decide to use. Yeah, I I'm, I'm in the exact same boat. If you look at my doc right now, those are the two uh, GitHub clients that I have. I've tried a few others. I really, you know, I'm, I'm almost going to give them a free commercial here. I really like Tower, but more. Than just the software, I really like that company. If you go to Tower's website, they have really fantastic tutorials on using Git. I think they have a, they might have a cheat sheet uh, that you can download as well. And it, it's just like one of these companies where, like, you know, they're they're either brilliant at marketing and this the stuff that they do is all geared to get you to buy their software. I don't think that's it, or they really do care. It's kind of like, you know, it's like. Hey, we're going to try to help people. We hope you buy our software, but even if you don't, here's some tutorials to help you out. Tower's great. Now, uh, the reason I use GitHub uh, client, well, first of all, it's it's super easy in a lot of cases, but GitHub does like three things at once, doesn't it? Like when you publish something, it almost always automatically syncs to the server, where in Tower and really in Git command line, that's a separate, that's a separate command right. and a separate process. So sometimes I just use it because I know like, okay, if I do it in GitHub, it's there. Uh, have you ever played with the Git tools in PHP Storm? Um, at one point I did, <laughs> and then it kind of got pushed aside. You know, I kind of forgot about them, and then I haven't revisited them in probably a year. I guess. Uh, what I notice using PHP Storm, at least with the theme that I have, is that when I add like a new file, I think it turns like red in PHP Storm, and you can right-click on the file and you can say like Git add right there. So I don't usually use PHP Storm to actually like push anything to the server to check things in, but a lot of times I'll just add my, you know, whatever I've done, I'll just add it to the to the stack in PHP Storm. Mm-hmm. Got to love that PHP Makes Storm. Sense. I wonder how I wonder how JetBrains is doing after that whole uh that whole blowout with the subscription model change and all that stuff. 
I haven't heard any, I haven't heard any more about it, so I assume everything's good. And, um, or you know, the people that were mad left, and everybody else just stayed around. Stayed around. I, I wonder how but, many people. Now you're a storm user. Uh, did you switch over to the new model yet, or did you have time um, left on your subscription? No, I still have time left. I actually just got my email today that says my renewal's coming up in April, so I still have. You have some time, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mine, like, I literally renewed like a month before they announced it, so I'm good until like I don't know, like November or something. Uh, right. I wonder how many people will go from just PHP Storm to like the whole suite, you know, because they have all these other tools and stuff like that. Um, see, I only do PHP, so I really don't have any. Yeah. Use of all the other tools. So, you know, some some people though, you know, especially if you do like Python and whatever else, then they have all those tools available. Sure. So that, that might be pretty yeah, nice. I, but. I know on the on the .NET side they have like multiple tools that would be valuable for a .NET person. So like I could see it having value there. And and I'm sure every .NET developer wants to play with PHP and they're just holding out on that PHP storm purchase, right? So um mm-hmm. I'm of course kidding. I, they, it seems like people are pretty segregated for for whatever reason on technology. Um Yes, but to to revisit your tower, um, you're you're talking about the tower website. Um, I mentioned that book earlier by Kathy Sierra. It's called Badass, yeah. and that that's actually what the book's talking about. Is you know how as a company, if you can get your customers to actually be really really good at whatever it is, then they're gonna stay with you and want to use your product more and more um, because you are actually improving them. And um, it's just kind of interesting on the. Uh, that how everything seems to come up all at one time. That's you know, true. When, when you start talking about something, then other stuff get brought that's, back into that's it. That's actually amazing, right? Like, folks, we did not plan this. This is this is an unplanned episode from the beginning to the end, and uh, that is 100% true. That reminds me of another phenomenon, uh, nothing to do with what we're talking about, and we're going to come back to Tower because I want to talk about them more. But have you ever gone to a restaurant, maybe only a few times in your life, but for whatever reason, you always end up at the same table? Or have you ever like seen a TV show? Maybe it's not a show you don't watch all the time, but it just happens to be on and you'll happen to catch the same episode like multiple times. Like they might have two seasons or three seasons, but it seems like the two episodes you've ever watched were the same one. Like, I don't know what's up with that, but that happens to me. Does it happen to you? I see you shaking your head. You've, this yeah. has happened to you. Yeah, it does. And which it's funny because this is way off topic, but uh, growing up, my, my mom loved Andy Griffin show. Okay. So we watched the Andy Griffin show like every day of my life. And uh, so now anytime like you flip through the channels and you see Andy Griffin on, it's always like, oh, yeah, I remember everything about this episode. Yeah. And, uh, but it's just funny how it's like, you know, just, yeah, it just kind of comes up randomly all the time. It, yeah, it is interesting. So going back to uh, Tower and this book now, it's called Badass. I'm going to have to read this because I'm really interested in that kind of stuff. But um there's another thing I've read a few people make comments about, and I don't know how many people are like this because I know there's a lot of people that, that don't like to buy stuff at all. But have you have you ever heard somebody make a comment that they bought a piece of software really just to support the developer? Like maybe they didn't even need mm-hmm. the software that badly, but they just felt that the, the guy was a good guy that made it and they wanted to support him. Have you run into any yeah, oh, yeah. like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has it ever driven any of your decisions at all? Um. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the exact one. Um, but yes, I, I do know that that is a uh, an underlying tower. Decision, tower was like that for me. me. Tower was like that for me. Like I don't don't get me wrong. I, I I certainly could use it, but you know the GitHub client's free, so you don't have to have Tower, right? But it was one of these things. You just looked at what they were doing. You're like, man, these guys are so awesome. Like I just I want to do my part to like help them out. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe the Reaper audio editor is probably another thing like that because the 
That thing is like 60 bucks. Totally unrelated again, but if you edit audio, Reaper is like 60 bucks. But the way they distribute it is like, it's, they give you like a demo and the demo literally never expires. So you could literally mm-hmm. use Reaper for free forever. Um, and they totally leave it up to you to decide when you've decided like there's enough value to give them the 60 bucks, right? right. Like that's like so honorable that you almost want to give them the 60 bucks before you even use it. Cause you're like, here, just take my money, you know? So <laughs> yes, yes, pretty, uh, pretty uh, cool stuff. Um, uh, looking at last week's newsletter, I see an article about PHP scientist. Um, any idea what that one was? Yeah, so GitHub released a thing called Scientist. Um, and this was the PHP experiment or version of it. Um, and I, I actually heard about it from Dale Reese. And uh, he apparently created, uh, I'm not sure if he created the whole framework or if he created just the Laravel side of it. Um, but it's basically a way to refactor and improve existing code without uh breaking existing code okay (laughs) um i'm not exactly 100 sure on how this works but so like you so what it does is um it lets you run your existing code and newly code in parallel and then you get to compare results you know as it's going that way you can kind of pick and choose and then so basically what you're doing is kind of refactoring in a secondary safe space okay but you're still, but you can still run it in production or whatever. And then once you feel comfortable, then you switch it all over. Awesome. Uh, um, that is at least the way I understand it. So. Yeah. And for those of you, if the name Dale Reese uh, sounds familiar, he hasn't been super active in Laravel lately, but a couple of years ago, he wrote um, one of those Laravel 4 books, I think, that was on uh, LeanPub that seemed like it yeah. did really well. well he, he wrote Code Bright and Code... Uh, so code Happy, maybe? Yeah, I think it was Code Happy and then Code Bright because Code Bright came out with Laravel four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he was kind of the first um, real writer with within Laravel, and uh, both those books did extremely well. And then he he got a full time job, kind of been busy for the last pulled year him in a different direction and, uh, a little bit. And stuff. Right. Yeah. So now now I think he actually might be coming back more. I so, think he is, also has. Is, cool. is Dale the guy that has all the colored themes for PHP Storm? Yes. Well, for everything. Yeah. yeah. He has like a hundred themes for I don't know every what this editor. Guy did, but it's amazing. It's a great project. So, uh, Dale, yes. if you happen to be listening to this, uh, number one, hey, thank interview. We'd love to have you on the show. And number two, uh, thanks so much for all the themes and everything. Cause I know I use the, uh, I think I, the one I use is called, uh, like key lime pie or it's, I want to say sublime, but I don't want people to confuse it with the editor, but they're like all shades of yellow and green. And I really yeah. like it. Like, and there's some white in there, but it's like, it's, one of the things I've I've kind of realized when I was coding was that sometimes these brightly colored ones, like the light bright ones, like they're almost too distracting. Your eyes are pulled too much to one word and not another, and you skip things as you're reading them, right? Uh, so having yeah. everything in kind of shades of green, uh, you know, besides looking like I'm a Matrix, you know, retro cool guy, uh, it, it just seems like it helps me read the code with, you know, with a little bit of help visually, but without too much help. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I was using Snappy Dark. I believe is the name um, from Dale. And then when the all the material stuff started coming out, I switched to material, the material thing for PHP Storm. And uh, I've been using that, I guess, for the last three or four months now. It's actually, it's actually about time for a change. So I probably should change it around. Yeah. Um, you can't get too stagnant on your theme. You know, you have to change it every day. I suppose, you know, there, I, I know people that are doing that. I've actually stuck with this one, which maybe to me tells me it's actually a good theme for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like, uh, do you have, do you have a, an office chair that has like more than one adjustment lever? 
No. Okay. So mine just has one. So let me just ask you if you've ever sat in one, you know, that it was like this or, or for listeners, I just want you to see if you can relate to this. I can sit in a regular chair, like in the waiting room of a doctor's office, for example, and I don't think anything of it and I don't complain about how uncomfortable it is or whatever, but I can go sit in like a thousand dollar chair at work that has like seven levers and I will be playing with those levers nonstop every day for two weeks and I will never, ever find a position I'm comfortable (laughs) in, right? Like, I don't know what the deal is with that, but it's totally, at least for me, it's a thing. And I've talked to others who have been like, yeah, you can never like find the right setting. I think it's like too much tweakability is, uh, is a bad thing. Hey, too, too many options. Uh, speaking of GitHub, I read some stuff this week. Um, what was it? Did, did some, there was some news around GitHub this week that, that people were complaining about some aspect of them and, and that they kind of capitulated and came back and said, we're going we're gonna to change. And it was maybe something a little bit around notifications of outages, but there was some other stuff too that they did. Do you, uh, do you have any recollection of that? Did you see that? Well, they... they there was a bunch of open source developers a few weeks ago wrote basically what they call an open letter to GitHub. And in it, they were saying, this is our problem with GitHub. You know, the issues, there's no way, you know, basically we just want you to improve issues. Sure. And, you know, we've tried to tell you before, nobody's listened. So they just created this open letter. Like, I think it was like 1,700 people had signed it. Wow. It was crazy. So they uh, came out yesterday or the day before with um, with a response that they were going to add contributing, like when you create an issue, you can have a pre-built template that the person has to go through and make sure that they um, fill out everything for the issue. Yeah. Because that, that was what was happening is, you know, they were like, somebody would submit something and say, this don't work oh, instead of actually so outlining yeah. what it is. Yeah. So now you can have, I don't forget the name of the file, but basically you can put a file in your root of your GitHub project, and that'll automatically be used as an issue template. Didn't uh, um, didn't Taylor do something along those same lines? That's probably not the right verbiage for it, but uh, didn't he create something a while back, like maybe in the four days, where when you had an issue with Laravel, there was a way to package up everything oh, yeah. and then submit that way so that it was easier to yes. test? Like, I wonder whatever became of that, because I don't hear a lot about that anymore. I don't either. What was the name of that? I don't forgot now. Yeah, it had a whole name for it and everything. It was it was really cool because you you could just duplicate it and then you know you would just kind of send that off and everything was there. Um, I wonder. But yeah, I wonder I, if that I, never I, took off or if it did take off or or what the the deal is. There's a contribution. I don't know. Well, there, there there was controversy around it. People were like, "That's a horrible idea," and then um, because at the time he actually disabled issues. Totally, oh. and then you would just submit a pull request through this. Okay. Um. So, so maybe around <coughs> all, all the the bickering and so forth between all that, it kind of got put on the back burner. Yeah, I'm looking at the on the Laravel documentation on the left. There's a contribution guide talking mm-hmm. about bug reports. Um, blah 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 blah. There's no mention of this other thing anymore. So yeah, I guess that's gone now. <laughs> yeah, it was a great idea because it is, it, yeah. it is. I mean, I, you, well, you work with a company that does help desk software, right? And I work in a situation where I answer tickets that come through a help desk app. And I cannot tell you how many people have, uh, you know, I do support for something called SharePoint. It's a website server thing from Microsoft. Cannot tell you how many people come in and, and the result is, you know, I can't get to SharePoint or it's down or I don't have permission. There's not even a URL, right? Um, wow, oh yes. Did did you see the movie Jerry Maguire? Uh, years ago. Okay. Yes. Do you remember the scene where Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding Jr. are in like the men's bathroom, 
And, and he said, show me the money. No, not that one. Although that's probably the money <laughs> shot from that, that whole movie. Uh, Tom Cruise is so frustrated because he's trying to help Cuba Gooding Jr. Is it Cuba or Cuba? I think it's Cuba. Cuba Gooding Jr. I always say Cuba. What? I always say Cuba, Cuba. like the like the country. But. He was he was trying to help Mr. Gooding Jr. Uh, <laughs> like he was trying to help him uh, make the right choice. And and he he's like, help me help you help me help you and he like went back and forth like that was like like a five minute thing right um and i feel that way a lot when i'm helping people i can't imagine on an open source project you know how frustrating it must be for people to open these tickets and then there's no detail in there there's no you know Mm -hmm. recreation stuff um i'm gonna go ahead and 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 fess up here i have opened a ticket or two in my time that i think i gave pretty good detail but it turned out that it wasn't a problem with the framework or whatever, it was a problem with me, or I missed something in the documentation or something like that. Now, I don't know that everybody does this. This kind of goes back to buying apps because you feel like you want to support the person. Uh, what I have tried to do in every instance of that is I try to send the person a $25 Amazon gift card after it's done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I'm sure I was just as annoying no matter what, but I, at least it's like, it's like, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to take advantage of your time. I appreciate that you, you know, that you looked at this. It sucks that it wasn't an issue, right? That you waste your time on that. But I want to say, I appreciate, you know, your time kind of thing. So, um, right. I, I don't know if, if your development career is reasonably doing well and you can afford to do that. I mean, I think about that. It's a lot of these people do open source and they don't get anything for it. I mean, how, you know, how much, you know, imagine you could totally make someone's day by sending them a, you know, a $10 gift card. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, like get a book or something from it. Right. You know, Eric, do you get gift cards all the time in the mail? Do people uh, send you uh, stuff? No. Nope. Not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I would think with this newsletter, you'd, you know, people would be like mailing you packages and like, you know, <laughs> here's a new, uh, you know, deep fryer here, you know, in the mail and stuff like that, you know. I don't know. I don't know why I said deep fryer. I'm thinking you're living in the south. I'm like, what? You know, I was thinking like barbecue grill or something. But uh, yes, no. Well, everything is deep fried here, but we don't deep fry at the house. Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, so it was, it was half right. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we fry everything. You know. That's awesome. Okay. Have you been to the south? You you went to Florida, so I'm sure you drove through. I drove like, through Georgia, but I've never been to uh, the Carolinas. And you know, the worst part is. Uh, I drove down with my mom. She's spending a month down in Florida and then she's driving back up by herself. You know where she's going to drive through? She's going like right through your hometown. Like she has a friend oh, who nice. lives nearby. And uh, oh. so she's going to like, uh, she's going to just visit a few people she knows like on the route back. And I mm-hmm. was like, oh man, I could have, I could have like shown up at Eric's door, like rang the doorbell, give him a high five and then got back in the car and like kept yeah. going, you know? I would, I would have made you a liver mush sandwich for, uh, for lunch. <laughs> I hate to say it. But I think the phrase <laughs> "I would have made you a liver much sandwich," like mush, mush yeah. a liver mush sandwich, like that, pretty much guarantees that I will never set foot within a hundred feet of your house, right? Like, don't let him see me. Yeah. He's gonna try and give me one of those liver sandwiches, and I can't have it. Uh, uh, that's funny, but that—that's kind of what what actually our area is known for, and and you can only get it like in this area, really, and nobody else really knows, but. Oh, it's so good, but everybody else, I, I gotta, nobody I gotta, agrees you, with you know, me that you know what we're known for up in Chicago is uh, Portillo's. Have you ever been to a Portillo's? I've never heard of a Portillo's. What about, like, does the word Italian beef mean anything to you? Gross. No, <laughs> you don't know anything about Italian beef? <laughs> no, that's what, it, that's what it, that's what's in my mind when I think Same of thing, it. like, I, you know, and growing up in, like, the Chicago area, you know, I've been, I've had this stuff my whole life, so you don't, you know, you just assume everybody does. I went to Canada once, and I was like, you know, Italian beef, and they were like, well, is that like a roast beef? You know, like, you guys, do you have Arby's down there? 
We do have okay. Arby's, yeah. So like Arby's is like a, that's like a roast beef. Italian beef is similar. It's thin sliced beef, but it's usually seasoned with like some spices. And it's almost always stored, stored. Listen to me, sound like a programmer. It's almost always served in like a uh, a horizontal roll. Like an Arby's sandwich is served on like a hamburger bun, right? This would mm-hmm. be like more of a hot dog bun, but like a higher quality, bigger version of it or something like that. Um, hmm. They're actually like super fantastic and there's nothing gross about them. So um, now we're going so to have to try one. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to like petition to get Laracon in the Chicago like next year. Um, just so you just have, you'll have to bring one down, bring a sandwich. Well, down. you know, the funny thing is, is, uh, I, they actually do, uh, they do like, you can order them uh mail order and they'll ship oh, you nice. like the, the beef kit. You have to make it yourself and everything, but they're like, they're awesome. Um, huh. so that's interesting yeah. now. So, but y'all don't have sweet tea, right? Have you ever had sweet tea? So you were talking about the sweet tea on one of the first episodes we had. Um, we have tea that has sugar in it. Is that what you're talking mm-hmm. about? Right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we have, sugar. we have that here. I don't know that we call it sweet tea per se as much as just like iced tea. And there's usually sweetened or unsweetened, right? Okay. Um, and then a lot of people will get the unsweetened and then they'll put some kind of like artificial sweetener in it, like the sweetened low or something like that. Um, right. But yeah, but but you know, what I wonder is like lemonade, for example, is very high in sugar. So there's water, lemons, and sugar in lemonade, but it's mostly water and then sugar and then lemons kind of like the last thing. I wonder if sweet tea is that sweet like if it's you know maybe it's like so sweet that it's on the order of uh of that well we make a picture of tea um i don't know what that is is that a is a pitcher a quart two quarts maybe okay so two quarts uh, we make two quarts and we use uh, i just realized by the way like 90 percent of our audience is like international they probably have no idea what a quart is like it's like like imagine probably like two liters right okay yeah so two liters. So for that, we would put a cup and a half of sugar in it with the tea, and that's how we make sweet tea. Okay. Yeah, a cup and a half is it's probably on the on the same line as like. Okay. Uh, and then do you brew, do you brew the tea yourself? Do you like put hot water in the tea bags and stuff? Oh no, we we make it in a uh, batch. So like you boil the water and put like six tea bags. Yeah, and yeah. My wife does that. She, she does the yeah. same thing, and then she uses this okay. like uh, fancy brown whatever sugar it's like it's not white sugar it's like turbinado sugar or something i don't know Mm. she gets it from yeah we just use the white yeah the the white cheap sugar well that's i wish my wife would use that i shouldn't say that on the show but uh, (laughs) um i I do have to say so so speaking of speaking of metric and all that stuff uh this weekend i don't know if it was just on i think it might have been you know what my wife watched was that show uh 2010 so there was there was a movie um, years ago called 2001 A Space Odyssey by Stanley mm-hmm. Kubrick. And it's actually a really great film. And if you consider when it was made, the special effects in it are pretty amazing, right? Like it's it didn't get all the fanfare that Star Wars has had over the years, but it's it's a pretty significant movie. And then in, uh, I don't know, in 84 or something, they, they did a new version of it called 2010. Now, this isn't like Blues Brothers and Blues Brothers 2000. This is like... Uh, 2010 continues where the 2001 storyline left off. Like something happens in 2001 and in the movie 2010, they go back to, to figure out what it is. What I thought was really funny is in this movie, they're in a hospital and they're using the metric system for everything. Like they're talking about her temperature and stuff. And I was like, I was like, Oh, isn't that sweet in the past? They thought America would be able to get it. And we didn't, you know, Like like we're the only country, but you know, it's okay. It's, you know, 32 degrees is freezing here. It's zero everywhere else, but that's all right. We'll just do the math, you know? Um, Americans can't change. <laughs> it's I hate to say it. It's a, it's a little embarrassing. So if you are listening to uh to this from another country, which our stats say that most of you are, 
Um, you know, just know not all of us are proud of the fact that we were still on the, uh, the, what is it? Imperial or English measuring system. Uh, I totally understand the benefits of metric and, you know, yes, it, yes. Well, where, where it really annoys me is, uh, gr- growing up, I raced motorcycles for, you know, 15 years or something. And uh, they were all Japanese motorcycles. So whenever you wanted to work on anything, you would metric. just use the metric tools, yeah. you know, 18, 12, whatever. And then, uh, so now, like if you go and you need to do something on the truck or something like that, you have to go and find a half inch or a quarter, yeah, you know, I have th- these wrenches. And I'm like, this, this just doesn't make any sense. I was like, it should be like 18 or 12. I, I have, uh, <laughs> I have the same, I have the same thing. I have two sets of metric, uh, socket. Well, two sets of, of socket wrenches, right? Like, uh, the, the standard metric. And then I have, I think I have some metric deep wells cause I used to work on bicycles, you know, back in the day and you needed them to be long enough to go around the, the bolt that stuck out of the, the wheels and stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. just a way of getting more money from the tool manufacturers. It's all conspiracy, man. That's true. I'm, I'm yeah. making that up. I'm sure that's not the case. Oh, it probably is. Could be. <laughs> um, let's see here. We're, I guess it's going to turn out to be a long episode. So folks, you get to hear us in our raw form. I think what we'll do is we'll just cut it off and uh, maybe I'll do a little bit of editing, but not too much this time. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully you enjoyed it. Is there any other news that we missed that we not need to talk about? Um, there's some Laravel um, spark updates that are in your last newsletter, but if I remember correctly, I, first of all, I'm going to assume that if you listen to our show, I assume you're also listening to the official Laravel podcast. So, you know, we don't worry too much about trying to duplicate stuff that's in there. And I think they talk about spark a lot in, uh, yeah. the last episode of that one. Um, yeah. um, oh, Forge, Laravel Forge, uh, sub- now supports Maria, Maria DB. Uh, is it, I always thought there was an N in there. Is it Marina? I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I can't pronounce Oh no, words. there is no N. It is. Yeah. It's Maria. Jeez. You know what? Maria. That's like, okay. there's like five words in my life that I have looked at and I thought I knew what the word was and I just completed it. Like I, uh, one of our DBAs, uh, database administrators at work, her name is Marina, M-A-R-I-N-A, mm. right? So when I like they say that when you look at like a word, uh, gosh, I wish I could find this. There's a thing that actually shows like a sentence that starts out with full spellings. And then as the sentence go, like as the paragraph continues, like they start dropping out letters and they actually show like how easily you comprehend things based on like the first letter, the last letter and like a couple key letters in the middle. I just looked at that and I always thought it was Marina DB. It's not. It's 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 Maria, maybe Maria, yeah. M-A-R-I-A, uh-huh. Maria, Mar- Maria. Um not sure. <laughs> that is, uh, that is, by the way, so Maria, if we're saying it right, is a, isn't that a fork of MySQL, if I remember correctly? I, I believe so, right. They, they originally worked on MySQL, the, the developers, and then they, I don't know, after I guess the sale, whenever they got bit, yeah, yeah they got the bought sale, out. Yeah, the sun. Um, and then you mentioned uh, something about cashier is getting a new invoice for method. I think that's going to be neat. Yeah. Yeah, that's new, and I assume that's coming with uh, the Spark changes. I'm sure that was kind of needed for that. It's so neat that I um, think that you know that that Taylor seems to build this stuff in cycles, right? He'll he'll mm-hmm. work on a project like Forge. He'll use Laravel full for that project, and then in the creation of that project, he'll be like, you know, I really could use this. Other people could probably use this, and then the framework uh, improves along with it. And I've, we're seeing some of that here with uh, with Spark, so that's pretty uh, pretty cool. Um, Spark also, they announced, had some things with like avatars now. You can upload like a user profile picture right. and stuff like that. So, uh, boy, it's, uh, I can't wait for it. You know, one thing I, I and I, sh- I probably should know this because I've never even tried it. Is Spark going to be a separate project that comes with Laravel or is Spark going to be like a package on packages that I can just add into my Laravel project and get all that functionality by like running an artisan command? 
Right, it'll be a package. So yeah, you oh, have dude. to pull it, pull it in manually. Dude, right. No, but I think that's fantastic because then what it means is my right. like pro- project I've been working on for six months, I don't have to gut it. I can just add this package in and you know mm-hmm. uh, get going. So that's yeah. So that that'll be nice. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So it should. He made a. Uh, well, I don't think he actually made an announcement. Today is Friday, by the way. Um, and then we'll we'll actually publish this on Tuesday. I think he said Spark should be out kind of any time. So probably maybe next week it, it'll be out. Yeah. Um, maybe by the time you listen to this, it'll be oh out. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Goodness. Who knows? Um, <laughs> that's awesome, man. So uh, there's actually, and I'm looking at a couple of other emails I got. It looks like uh, the, the Laravel Daily guy has been pumping out some more stuff, and I, I didn't really have time to go through it all, but good guy to mm-hmm. follow if you haven't uh, if you haven't heard of him, Laravel Daily. He's doing, yeah. he's doing good work there. Um, yeah, so I think that's, that's probably enough for one episode. It's going to be a long one. Um, yes, that sounds good. Um, oh, I was going to also, ma- I should mention, um, in last week's newsletter, it was Valentine's Day, and I said, uh, Happy Valentine's Day to all the U.S. subscribers. Yeah. And, I, and I had like 15 emails saying that Valentine's Day is not U.S. only. It's it's worldwide. I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you, so you, I learned something you, new. Yeah. You know. You know what is U.S. only? The English measuring system. Right? Yeah, that, yeah, there you go. <laughs> happy Happy Five Ace You know, Inch Wrench Day. That that's that'll be a day for us here. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry for that. Um, let us know. Uh, you know, again, what you thought of the uh, the format here. We're gonna try and keep the news and stuff, but you know, sometimes there's not as much news, and uh, you know, I, we've we've heard from people that some people like to just hear. Uh, people chatting so hope this wasn't too bad for you to listen to i think it's gonna end up being like an hour so yeah um nice pretty long one. Oh, and i i do want to say one more thing before we close out sure but before we started recording we we, we you you asked if i knew ever heard of zig ziglar yeah and uh one of the stories i will always remember is it was in one of his audio recordings or something like that but he went to a restaurant for lunch and the waitress was like you know would you like toast with that? And he's like, yes, I'll have two front pieces or yeah, two front pieces. And she's like, what? And she's like, no, those are end pieces. He's like, no, those are front pieces. And uh, he was just talking about how, you know, how your perception of things can either be positive or negative. Yeah. And the end being negative and the, and the front pieces. Being right. Positive. Yeah. <laughs> he had another analogy like that with a different, uh, different, I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't with toast, but yeah. So if you don't know who Zig Ziglar is, Zig Ziglar is, uh, he's unfortunately, he's passed away. But he was a motivational speaker from the South, so he's got a bit of a, a Southern accent, and uh, and he he does these motivational things, and you can buy his books on Audible, uh, at least in the U.S. You can here. Uh, I just love listening to this guy. I could listen to him over and over again for hours. He's so entertaining, and you listen to him, and you feel better about yourself. And I think that uh, you know one of the things I kind of wonder about is I feel like there's a lot of PHP developers that are working like out of their house or in small, small, small teams or working in remote teams. And I contrast that to I picture the typical Fortune 500 worker uh, is going into a you know a crowded town like Chicago, New York, LA, that kind of stuff, and they're working in you know large companies with lots of people and whatever. Um, one of the things that you know that's kind of come to attention is uh, this whole mental illness thing. I think uh, Ed Finkler does some talks about uh, overcoming you know mental illness and and mental illness. You know when you hear the word, it sounds really bad, but it could even be just something as simple as being maybe a little bit depressed or whatever, which I, I think, you know, I think people need other people around, right? I think we're like dogs, right? You know, dogs are pack animals. And I think we are too. Um, so 
anyway, the, the reason I went down that tangent is I feel like, you know, because of that characteristic of human beings, of us wanting to be connected and to be with other people, every now and then it's not bad to listen to something that's going to pick you up. Like, even if that's the mm. only reason you listen to it, right? Like, technically speaking, a lot of Zig Ziglar stuff is kind of focused on salespeople because that's what he used to do. But even if you're not in the sales business, I think you'd enjoy listening to his stuff. Uh, and he's got a lot of it and, and you can't go wrong with any of it, I think. I think it's all, it's all very good and his stories are great. Um, yeah. He made a comment and I think you're going to appreciate this because you're from the South, Eric. Did you hear the one episode where he had, where he said something about he was worried about going up North because he was afraid if he was up there too long, he might talk funny. <laughs> no, but uh, I believe that. So, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, every region of the U.S. seems to have their own kind of dialect and, uh, and, and then, you know, keywords that they use, like down South, you'll hear people say, how y'all doing? Uh, and I think this might be a Chicago. Well, just listen to, just listen to me talk for a little bit and then you can learn how the, how the Southerners speak. Exactly. Right. Now, do you, in the South, do you say, Hey guys, to refer to a group of people, regardless of no, gender? It's always y'all. Hey y'all. Okay. So like in Chicago, uh, it's always, Hey guys, like, and, and you could walk up to a group of like, a guy and five women and you'd go, Hey guys, how's it going? Right? Like guys has become a synonym for a group of people. It makes no sense, right? You, it's one of those things you listen to and you're like, well, that's not really the right word to use. Right? So in that sense, y'all is, is actually probably more politically correct. Um, but good stuff there. Yeah, so you, you all, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And, uh, yeah. And if you, if you want something else to listen to while you're working is, uh, load up Bob Ross on Twitch TV and just have it playing in the background, and uh, you'll you'll get lots of positive re- reinforcement throughout your day. What's this guy's name? Bob Rawls? Ross R O S S the painter. You've never heard of Bob Ross? No. What? <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated with motivational speakers, but I'm also fascinated with people who have two first names. And this uh, guy's yes. name is Bob Ross. Yes, he's he's a he's a culture icon. I mean, he's he he he's a painter from the. 70s 80s he has a big afro and he paints happy little trees he paints um i don't forgot all of his his adjectives but uh everything is great everything is happy everything is is uh positive wow yeah you have to watch him he's he's a he's a classic once again thanks to dream factory for being our sponsor this week dreamfactory.com we hope you'll check him out And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Have a great day. This concludes this episode of the Laravel News Podcast. If you like the show, please rate it five stars on iTunes. If you have feedback for the podcast, please email us at podcast at laravel-news.com. Thanks for listening.